I was having so much trouble on Zoom for a while. Right. Mm, they keep updating it for security reasons and it keeps messing it up. Yeah. I had a live call with somebody and no one, no one, they were supposed to have guests, like 50 guests and no one could get in. So we had to reschedule it. I'm like, okay. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. We are recording. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of Heart and Hustle. Visionary healers, movers, and shakers. I am your tribal hostess, your movement motivator, and your passion instigator, Paulette <laughs> <laughs> Reese-Denis. And I am so excited today. Oh my God. I'm so excited <laughs> to bring you my, my friend today. Jennifer Loudon is here with us. And, you know, I, oh gosh, how long have I known you now? I have no sense of time and maths are not my thing. So. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say a long time. <laughs> yeah. So she's been my mentor, my writing coach, my inspiration, my friend, my dancing partner. Uh, and she's just, you know, just this amazing, magical, spiritual, deep woman who writes and speaks and inspires and mm -hmm. brings out so much goodness in so many people. Oh, thank you. And I've been on several retreats with her and I'm just so excited that we're here talking together. I wish Me we were too. like hanging out side by side. You know? Right, right. I would like that with a lot of people right now. <laughs> but she's in Colorado and I'm in California. And so that's yeah, cool. Yes. But we are here together and Jennifer, God, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, Paulette. Thank you for taking the time to talk about my work and my book and get to be together. I know. I know. And so um, she has these amazing retreats in Taos, New Mexico, uh, and, uh, and in Colorado, and in other places around the globe. Yeah. Uh, she has how many books now? How many? I think this is number eight. eight. I think. I, I have, I mean, there's a, we did gift book editions of things over the years and things that I kind of have lost track of. So, so hold that one back up. Oh, yeah. So this is her brand new book, Why Bother? Discover the desire for what's next. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to read her bio to you. Oh, don't read my bio. I okay. hate reading my bio. Okay. okay, I won't read your Here's bio. Here's my favorite bio. It's the bio in the book. And this is it, y'all. Um, Jennifer Loudon wanted to be Harriet the Spy when she was eight, and Flighten Master when she was 12, and a brilliant comedy writer when she was 22. <laughs> and then it's about the rest of my work. <laughs> anyway, and, and I did just tell you a little bit about her, but yeah, um, it really is. So I didn't know you were on Oprah. Oh, I was on Oprah for in like 1988, 1999. And I was actually, I mean, the book, the story's in the book, which of course is what you're thinking about. And, um, and I was a guest expert and it was really, a, it was a great turning point in my life because it was something that I had wanted so desperately and worked so hard to get. I got it completely by happenstance. It was for my fourth book, the Women's Retreat book. And it, I wasn't on because Oprah loved my book. I was on because my book fit their subject matter. And I still sold a lot of books and it was really cool and people were always impressed, but it was really one of the low points in my life it turned into one of the best lessons of my life as they so often do but why do they have to take so damn long <laughs> oh, my lord oh love those lessons 
So, no, you know what? Let's just say no more. Why do we need any more of those? <laughs> Don't I'm old enough now to say no more lessons. Oh, oh my God. I know. I'm only, I'm not, I am really am kidding. Can we just have no more lessons this week? Yeah. Yeah. Stop. Just stop. stop with the lessons for the week. They've had so many lessons over the last couple of months, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, oh my God. But, but, and what I was just saying to you earlier is that, you know, and so I'll, I'll just say a little bit. So Jennifer, Jen has helped me so much with my writing. Mm, thank and, you. Uh, and, um, at uh, one of the retreats I was at, I realized I came out as a poet. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, I've been writing poetry all my life and I never even thought about myself as a poet and she had me get up and read my stuff and, and, and then I committed to publishing that poetry book. Oh, Breaking so Down beautiful. the Walls, I did yeah, it. I yeah, I did it. You did it. I did it. That was my third book and then my fourth book just came out too. From so soulless job to creative abundance. And so, and that was right, well, almost the same time your book came out. I think. Mm -hmm. it was, yeah, it was just a, a few weeks later. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, you've just inspired me so much and kept, helped me keep my momentum. And we all need a coach. We all need a mentor. We all need someone to look up to, someone to be inspired by. And what I love about working with you, Jen, is that you're so real. <laughs> I mean, you are, you're just fucking real. You know, you're just, you're, you, you put it out there, you show your vulnerability, you show your skills. Um, you have so much wisdom and yet you're so just, I'm sitting right next to you and let's just do this thing. Uh, and it's so good. And, and, uh, and then we get up and dance every morning. <laughs> so dance fun. is so important. <laughs> so, what I, so what I want to talk about, so of course your new book, Why Bother? And I, and I, oh no, where'd it go? I had my passage and it left. Let me think. Oh, here it is. No. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I have a passage from her book I wanted to read couple of sentences and then I want to talk about how this book came because when I knew you you were working on a whole different memoir type yeah, thing yes yes I was so you might use you might not use the words why bother but instead find yourself saying what's the point mm. who cares why is this all so hard or some version of wanting more is selfish I should be grateful for what I have or I'm too tired to bother again. The words vary, but the call is the same. Find your desire. Mm -hmm. Perfect for you, right? <laughs> and as, as some of you know me, you know, dance and desire has been my theme for many years. And then, so beautiful. And so, so Jen, how did this happen? How did this book come about? I love it. I think I've probably been trying to write this book for, I don't know, 15 or 20 years. I didn't really know that, but when I was well into the first draft, I found a um, manuscript that I had sent my uh, last agent, actually two agents ago, and and I, I realized it was from like, I don't know, I want to say like 2000 or something or 2004, and I was trying to develop these ideas even then. Um, but the, the, so, so I think that there are certain ideas that we have in our life that we keep circling around as creators. And 
I call them signature themes in the book. And, and I, I think everyone's creative, by the way, and I'm sure everybody listening does too, right? So I, just like painters have certain themes and filmmakers and novelists, right? We always studied that in school, you know, John Steinbeck's themes. And I think we have themes and maybe we have one, maybe we have a handful and it doesn't matter. They're not, they might be our career. They might be things that we make money off of, or they might not at all, but they keep circling for us. They keep bugging us. They keep nudging us to, and there's something about engaging with them that feels like maybe it's our, it's our, it's our duty, right? Our Dharma. And, and so for me, I think one of the things I've been engaging with since I was little was this idea of how do you show up fully for life, especially when life keeps batting you down because right? uh, 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 <laughs> i don't know about yeah. anybody else listening but my life hasn't gone the way i planned <laughs> <laughs> um you know uh, life is already today i've had several like oh you got to be kidding me that is so hard and of course those are just the garden variety challenges let alone the big challenges like someone we love dying mm. or right. you're going south or publishing a book during a pandemic <laughs> <laughs> Bam. <laughs> right. And, and great racial change in the U.S. So, um, so yeah, so I think these are, is a theme. And then very specifically, the, the book that you mentioned that the last time you and I were together, I spent four years and I wrote 500 pages of memoir that did not work as a book, uh, as a work of literature. And lots of people said to me, but what do you mean it didn't work? And it's like, mm, narrative memoir is a particular animal. It's a very difficult animal to write. And I failed at writing it. But in the course of writing it, I grew and changed dramatically, as so many of us do when we write about our own lives, right? And we really write with that intention to hopefully connect to someone else. We transform in the process. So I transformed. And then when I, when I looked at the memoir and I realized it wasn't going to work as a book, I kind of, kind of looked back and I suddenly saw this roadmap for what to do when you lose your bother when you lose your mojo, when you lose your way, when you're stuck, when you're lost, when you're flat, when you're despairing, you know, there's a whole continuum of feelings we have. So this book almost, Paulette, directly jumped out of that book, but not quite because there was another book in the meantime that failed. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. And the last few years have definitely been a lot, a lot of, okay, get up again, get up. And now I can't not get up because I wrote a book about how to get up again. <laughs> so I really give someone, someone asked me recently in another podcast, they said, you know, how have you changed just writing this book? And I'm like, I can't not live it. Right. Mm -hmm. You can't yeah. write a book like this and ignore it. <laughs> well, know? isn't it, we teach what we need to learn, right? Right. So, but then this is like something you have to learn all over, over and over again, because there's no one and done with bother. Right. There's no one and done because life, it comes through in an afternoon. Why am I going to write this? Who cares? Like yesterday, I was having huge confidence as a teacher. Um, and then it comes through in these, you know, it might come through, hopefully it'll never come through in my marriage, but you know, it'll come through about, you know, bigger sections of your life for longer periods of time. It is the natural process, the creative process of being alive. Right. It's the natural creative process of being alive that we are going to be full of heart and hustle <laughs> mm -hmm, right and we're gonna lose it because that means we're changing and growing and yeah. it means life is happening and life happens in ways that we don't like and we don't want and we didn't choose cue pandemic cue my business in the toilet this year 
<laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Like we planned a really lean year with most of my revenue from my Oasis, which is my membership site uh -huh, uh -huh. and my live retreats. So I could have lots of time to promote the book and be creative about it because I knew it was going to be a long, hard hustle to get the book out there. It just is for most people. And pandemic can't yeah. have live retreats. <laughs> So how many, so you had one in July, you were going to have canceled, one. We've canceled three. Oh, man. We have two on the books that we hope will happen. But what news did I read today? The coronavirus may uh, peak in September, which is when my next retreat is. <laughs> so there's a lot of dealing with um, why bother in my own life. And, and mostly it's fascinating and rich and right. you know, we're not going to lose our house. We're okay. We have health insurance through my husband's job. Um, but it's hard. It's hard too. And I think I'm really living the concepts. <laughs> well, I, you know, in some way I, I love the, I mean, I've always been one who loves change. Mm. I always love going do. into, um, not conflict per se, but uh, a challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't like to sit still. I don't like to do the same thing. I always want to grow and continue. And in some way, you know, I've worked through the pandemic very similar to how I work normally because I work from home and la la la. And yes, I canceled my retreat to Costa Rica. And, right. You know, there were things, but my book still came out, which I thought was timely. And so in some ways I feel like I just need to pay more attention and be more aware. Or I could just say, oh yeah, life is normal, <laughs> except you got to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, it's just, it's been, it's just been so crazy. Um, but it's still a learning and growing experience. You know, it's still, a, life is about expansion. And this is an opportunity, you know? And so what I say, of course, is to be a possibilitarian. Mm. You know, and that's my kind of, my theme is, what can you use now to make something new possible? Mm, I love that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think, I think you're in that same that same genre and um we i mean what else are we going to do why bother right because mm -hmm. we want to keep growing and expanding and living I, I i think that's beautiful and true and i think the other i think we also have to recognize and this is the first part of the book that i talk about in the first few pages so we have to recognize when we're in a why bother time mm. and if we try i think to get out of it too soon. I think we often make a plan that is too small for who we want to become. And so I think there's a way to, like, I don't want to, I don't want to in any way um, portray why bother as a waste. Of course, you have to bother. You may, I mean, I have, uh, when my book, when I had early galleys of it, I gave it to a friend of mine who, who begged to read it. And, and at first she was talking about it with me because we were, we were writing together. We were training for a race and we were writing together and she would be talking about the book. And I'm like, oh, this is so fun. I was one of the first people to read it. Like, you know, this is incredible outside of, you know, my editor and such like that and beta readers. And then she stopped, she stopped talking about it. She stopped talking about it. Uh, and, and finally she said, I just want you to know I stopped reading your book. And I'm like, okay. Why? She goes, because it was really triggering me because I'm not ready to bother about changing my job. She works in corporate America. Mm. And I'm like, totally. That is part of the book. You get to decide that or you get to decide, mm. I want, I don't want to change this part of my life. I'm going to stay in this marriage that maybe isn't a hundred percent because these things are, 
or be, for whatever your values are, or I'm going to stay in this job or I'm going to mm. stay in this town. Mm. But, but you, that doesn't mean you give up on bothering, right? But, but right. that you wrestle with it, that you discern where are the possibilities. Yeah. Well, that's what I want. It's acknowledging when it's time to make those changes. Right. And where, and seeing your life as a whole, you know, there's a story in the book about someone who decides to stay in their job because they want to pay for college for their kids. So they graduate without debt, but they like, instead of what I think so many of us do is then we blanket our life with why bother mm. instead of saying, okay, but there's a whole life that I get to live outside of this job. What is that? How's that going to be more alive? How's where, do, where do I want to bother about that? You know, because you know, it's easier to not bother. <laughs> yeah. It's easier to not care. Just to, to stay in that comfort zone of sitting on the couch and not, not connecting. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the most part is being able to connect with self, being able to connect with your true desires. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And when it is time to change. Yeah. 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 And you won't, you're not going to know unless you know your desires, right? Yeah. And have a relationship with desiring itself. So Jen, <laughs> what is desire? <laughs> I think in my lexicon that desire is the flow of life speaking mm -hmm. to you. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't think if you think about your life, this, we wouldn't be here having this conversation if you didn't desire it. Um, I wouldn't be doing the work I do if I didn't desire it. I wouldn't be in this house in Colorado if I didn't desire to support my husband in moving here for his job, right? Desire is behind everything. Now, it gets more complicated, you know, but desire is the force, and we're so mm. afraid of it. And mm. we have so many cultural stories about it and religious stories about it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so hard for women to desire. It's selfish. It's it's greedy. Um, it's going to get me in trouble. I'll be a tall poppy. Who do I think I am to do that? Um, and, and then there's so much new age stuff about desire. Like if you desire, then you'll get it. It'll just arrive with a bow on your front porch. <laughs> and then, you know, I've been thinking lately about how white privilege and the law of attraction overlap, but that's a different conversation. And anyway, but what I'm saying is no, no, it's to, it's to say to yourself, knowing what I want, even just checking in with the fact that I do want, even if I don't know what it is, tells me that I'm here and that I matter and starts to develop the self-trust and the courage to act on the desires that you decide to act on. So do you feel that's different than passion? I don't know. I guess I'm a little afraid of the word passion because I think sometimes it's gotten misused maybe and made people feel like if they're not passionate at all times, they're not doing the right thing, right? And some people, you know, are wired. My husband is one of them, you know, very methodical, you know, very, you know, checking out the perimeter, making all the safety plans, you know, and yet I'll never forget when he and I were dating uh, 12 years ago and um, we were talking, he works in the nonprofit conservation world. And I remember him saying to me with such passion, his voice, I could never not do something with my life that didn't make a difference. Mm. But so I think desire to me is maybe, maybe it's more fits different personality types. 
I can't say it has less baggage because desire is going to ton of baggage with it. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know what to think about that. That's a great question. It is a really good question. And I think I need to think about it too, but um, I'll never forget. So this was years and years ago. I was teaching a dance and desire class. And one of the women who was a, an older woman, I mean, my age, probably older. You know? <laughs> All right. She seemed old then. <laughs> now she's young and sexy and juicy. That's right. That's right. Um, as opposed to a 20 something. Right. Okay. <laughs> and she said, I never thought about the word desire being different than meaning about sex. Yes. That's a huge realization for so many people. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That desire is life. It's in your body. It is, it is energy. It yes. is insight. Yes. Absolutely. It is so many things. And we are so afraid of it. I was working with a client recently. I've been doing some more coaching during the pandemic. I don't usually coach. And, um, and she's someone who's been to retreats. And so we know each other well. And so we're doing a kind of combination of life and writing coaching. And um, she said, you know, what she's always thought is that feeling in her body was anxiety was restlessness. Mm. And what she's been doing is just stopping and going, okay, if I didn't know what this was and I just asked myself, what do I want? Not because I have to figure it out or get it, but just so that I can check in and listen to myself. And she's like, you know, a lot of times it's not anxiety. It's just energy. And I'm like, yeah, I totally know that place. And this is something else, if I may go off on a little tangent. Yeah. I, have a, I have a real predilection and, and I'm really working on it. And I'm, I was making progress and I've gone backwards of working too much and not leaving enough time for pleasure and play. And mm. really, and in the yeah. pandemic has totally like collaborated with that because there's nothing to do, right? <laughs> we can go for hikes and we can go for runs. We, you know, now we're starting to have cocktails with friends, you know, six feet apart outside. So there's a little bit more fun, but you know, it's just the whole, our whole social life is gone and travel gone. And um, so I just like, okay, well, I'll just work some more. And this, then I get too tired. And when you're too tired, when you're fried, your nervous system is fried. You've been looking at the screen all day. You can't listen oh, yeah. to your desires, right? Your yeah. body just goes, uh-uh. And then you go right for what I call substitute desires, right? This is good enough. TV is good enough. A cocktail is good enough. And again, there's nothing wrong with TV or cocktails. It's just that it's the not asking, what do I really want? Because I'm too tired. Uh -huh, I'm too uh -huh. fried because I've pushed myself. <laughs> right? My husband yeah. and I joke, it's like when you were a kid and your parents would say to you, you're too, you, what would they say? You're too Oh my God, I forgot. I'm sorry. There was just to be a funny thing that my, both of our, our separately, our parents would say to ourselves, but basically like you're just, you've gone past being able to take care of yourself or know what you want. And uh, I feel like a toddler then. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So Which good. is why self-care is such an important part of desire and, yeah. you know, and self-care you know, it's not buying the nice candle. It's no. not the cool yoga pants. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's deeper it's, than that, people. Yeah, and it's also more boring than that, right? It's doing the sleep hygiene and not having the phone in the room and, you know, going to bed at a good time and not being on screens. And it's taking, putting my hormone replacement on and taking my vitamins and, 
it's getting exercise this afternoon and it's getting not sitting too long and getting up and doing my darn stretches. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, I do, and I completely agree with all of that because a lot of people have gone to the realm of self-care is, is buying things and, you know, um, more on the hedonistic side. Yeah, or something. I think what's, what's, what's difficult, I mean, I love to buy things. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I love your jewelry. But, <laughs> but if, notice I have none on. <laughs> um, I, but what I think then is confusing for people is then when so much of self-care is kind of basic and boring or even hard to do, like you don't feel like it, even though you know it's going to give you that foundation, like me working less then we confuse it with the things we can buy. And mm. it's supposed to just be fun and fluffy and beautiful. And it's like, well, why is my self-care feel like, really, I've got to lay my vitamins out. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to put, leave the phone out, no news at night. Yeah. You know, it's, why is it so hard for me? And then if you're depressed, you know, when you mm. need self-care and even more, and it's even harder to get or give it to yourself, I should say. And you're like, why can't I just buy it? Well, and that brings up a really good point too. Um, I'm, I'm kind of going in two directions. One sure. is one is deep, deeper connection self-care. Yes, yes, yes. As in meditation and yeah. journaling and yes. that kind of uh, reflection. And where, where else was I going? Wait, I was going somewhere else. Um, I think it went the other direction. Go look the other way. <laughs> go that way. Uh, <laughs> shit. Um, Oh, it'll come back. It'll come back. I had them. It will. But, but, and, and that's where people get fearful. Yes. Of self-connection. They do. We're afraid that we are afraid that we're not going to find anything inside or we're going to hate what we find. Right. Right. I, I, I have a, a woman acquaintance who I've known for years and she won't touch meditation. She won't touch no. anything. Uh, uh, no, I'm not even going to be quiet. Because oh, I don't so want to know what's going on inside. Yeah. It's like, oh man, how do you know how to, and what you desire? <laughs> how do you know what you desire? How do you know what your values are? Because your values and your desires, and values is such an old fashioned moralistic word. And by values, I just want to interrupt myself and say, I mean, what do you care about in the world? What yes. do you care yeah. about? And they don't have to be things that you're living perfectly or even they can be aspirational values. Maybe you really value inclusion. Maybe you're really waking up to Black Lives Matter in a new way in this, in this time. And you're like, okay, but, but how can I value that if I'm not living it? But your values can be aspirational and they're deeply connected to your desires. Yeah. But and if I, we don't know ourselves, how will we be able to craft a life that reflects those? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, and you don't, I mean, and then in, in her case, she doesn't, she just fills herself up with outside things and, yeah. you know, and busy, 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 busy. Oh right. man. Yeah. I hate that word. I hate yeah. that word. <laughs> I know. I do. I do too. I used to feel, I, I remember this was years and years ago. My daughter's 26. So she was in like maybe third or fourth grade and I came rushing into the school and I was like all stressed out and you know and there was another parent there and I was at some board I was running some like a, a bulletin board and I was running some program for the school and I was behind blah, blah, blah. and and the parent next to me said something like 
you know, what's up? I'm like, oh my God, I'm just so stressed. I'm so busy. And you can just hear it, right? And he just kind of looked at me and he went, I thought you were a life coach. <laughs> no, bam. <laughs> I'm like, shut up, buddy. Goodbye. But I never forgot it, right? And I'm like, yeah, like, oh God. I used to just whip myself into a frenzy. Yeah, well, and I think, I think we probably well, many of us have gone through that phase. Mm -hmm. It is a younger person's phase, I think, in a lot of ways. And it is, it, it, there was a sense of importance that was, that Mm -hmm. oh yes, I was so important. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so busy. Oh my God. (laughs) It's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, okay. So heart and hustle. So, you are definitely a woman who follows your desires. I try. I do it very imperfectly. And well, thank you for that. Yeah. That's inspiring. <laughs> very imperfectly. I, because yeah. again, that work ethic, I get things done. The part, you know, my dopamine desires, <laughs> my brain's desire for dopamine. Yeah. But I'm, but you know, got to walk your talk. So. Yeah. Well, and I cut think, you off. Heart and hustle. No, no, that's okay. And and I think we've already kind of discussed the hustle too. Just mm-hmm. those things being that imperfect, imperfect, perfect, which I I think we're all perfect in an imperfect way. I like that. You're you're not. Somebody said to me something. You're 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 perfect. You're just not done. Hopefully, <laughs> like that. I'm like, okay. That makes hopefully, sense. I, hopefully, I'm never done. I know until I that wanna, last breath. I don't want to be done. Life is too much fun, and mm. and so okay. So what is? So you've got the new book, and mm. then things have gotten put on hold, and the retreats have gotten put on hold. But what's what's next for Jen? What do you see? Where are you going from here? Yeah, I really, really love that question because I really don't know. I mean, the plans for this year was it was going to be a real transition year. And we were going to see what did we want to build out around the book? What were people asking for? We know we're going to build a course in the fall, probably a six or eight week course. We're thinking there might be a coaching training as you know, a, a facilitator training oh, of some nice, kind nice. that'll come the in, in next year. Uh, but I'm not, you know, those are the, those are the plans. Um, but, you know, I really feel like I'm in a profound transition. Mm. Um, and I really don't know. I mean, it just shifts every day. And in fact, we had a class that we were putting together for next, to start in a, two weeks. And I just decided not to do it. It just felt wrong. And then we started to put together a new product to sell. And I decided not, again, just a few minutes ago, nope, we're not going to do that. That's not right. So it just, I, I feel... I feel mostly like I'm falling through space and mostly it's okay until I look at my bank balance <laughs> and then don't, I'm like, don't do oh, that. Oh, shit. <laughs> my conversation with my accountant last week, um, there's more money going out <laughs> because we're, you know, we're, we refunded people's retreats and, and um, oh, right. yeah. so if I, if I can, if I can, and I, and I really believe that it's, I mean, it's essential. I'm a real practical person. It's real essential to deal with money and all of that. But I also have times in my life not gone through a transition that presented itself. Mm. Um, or I, I call them why bother times mm-hmm. in because I was so concerned about money and taking care of my family and taking care of my child. And you know, my, my daughter's launch, she takes care of herself. And I'm like, okay, if not now, when? And what's that going to look like? What do I really want it to look like? So I don't know. 
I don't know what's next, but I love this book. It's the best thing I've ever written. So I really believe in it. So I also don't want to be like, I'm in a transition. Let's just throw everything away. No. That would feel terrible, right? That's not what I desire. <laughs> sweet, sweet. And what, okay, so what does Jen as the woman desire? Mm -hmm. You know, I definitely desire a bigger life that, and it's so funny because I was thinking about this. I had insomnia last night and <laughs> I was thinking about this in the middle of the night when my mind wasn't being pissed at a couple of different people. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, Oh man, I'm just, I just, I feel like I just want this big life with lots of people and going places and travel. And then I went, Oh, pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's a part of me that honestly also really feels like it's a time to get really still and really quiet. Right. So I think Jen, the woman, is also wanting more of that. And what does that look like? Um, and less time sitting in this chair. Yeah, and less of that. Oh my God, it's six thirty. Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I a desk yet? Am I working yet? You know. Oh God, you're so like me. <laughs> oh are God, you it's seven o'clock and I haven't started working yet. Have you started? Are you still running every day at five? You know, I had, um, I kind of tweaked my back. I got oh. a bike and I ran, I, I used it a few times and then winter came. I got it right before winter. And then my friends took me out on a 12 mile bike ride and I'd already ran that day and done some dancing and um, my bike's not adjusted for me and I tweaked my back so I'm just Aww. getting my mileage up again um, so this week I probably get back to almost normal but I can't do super long runs yet so mm. yeah sending you some good healing yeah it's okay yeah. I mean I you know and part of it's been stress and sitting too much I mean it's not just yeah. one bike Oh, I know. And I actually, I had, I had tweaked my shoulder from when I was, when I was getting the book ready uh -huh. that I ended up having like nerve things going down my arm. I was like, oh, no, God, stop that. <laughs> stop that. Listen to that body. It's so yeah. hard. It really, I think to have a life that really has time for our desires, it often requires making some pretty radical changes in our lives because the pace of our life has to change. And I think that that kind of goes back to what does Jen the woman want? She just wants more time to be able to listen. Mm. And right? would you consider yourself a workaholic? Um, you know, I might have at a different time in my life. I don't think now. I'm not addicted to it. Like if we go on vacation, which we do only because of my husband, um, but we'll go for two or three weeks and I won't be like, where's my work or you know, oh my God, I miss my work so much. I used to be like that. I used to be mm -hmm. need, need that to control my anxiety. Like I just need a little bit. Like I remember we went to Bali on our honeymoon and I was leading an online class at the time and I made, I didn't teach, but I had to check in with the forums <laughs> every day and I'm that poor man. And I was like, buddy, look, this is just like, this is, this is that I'm good. I, I'm like, I've done my little thing that makes me feel useful. And then I can relax for the rest of the time. And that was really true. I could, like, I wouldn't then go check email or anything. I, I did keep it to maybe half an hour a day. So oh, that's so good. See, but I'm better. I'm better than that. Like I'm better. And we, I just declared on my calendar and to my team and to my husband that I'm taking three weeks off in August. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I actually said to Jeff, 
Uh, we were just camping this last week, and I, mm -hmm. and I have three online courses going on right mm -hmm. now. Like, just going to check in every day. And it's like, you know, I can't remember. I mean, I've, I travel the world, right? Mm -hmm. There has not been a time where I have not worked. Yeah. See, no, I'm doing better than that. I'm better I'm, than you. Okay. That's <laughs> I'm better than you. I'm better That's than sucks. you. <laughs> and I said, I don't know what it would be like to be, to take a week or three and not... Yeah not look at the computer and not look at my phone and not talk to somebody and not answer somebody. And yeah, you know, it's, I mean, prof it's profound. It's it is really profound. profound. And, and it's one thing because I love what I do and I know you love I what know, you do. I do too. Yeah. So it's not work in a, in a, in the traditional sense of the work word. But burnout is still a possibility. And I burned out at the end of last year. It was really, by, uh, by, I worked really hard last year to make extra money to pay for the, pay for the book. This is the first mm -hmm. book I've ever self-published. And I went really high end. And so I knew that that was a risk financially. So I didn't want to take that money out of savings. So I worked really hard to make most of the money for the production of the book, the audio book and PR, not all of it. And, um, and so I was like, okay, I'm burned out. I took two weeks off in December. I'm like, okay, I'm good. And then we started like right back in, right? So finishing the book, but just finishing the design, going back and forth on the cover, starting all the PR stuff, marketing stuff. And I started to get dangerously close to burnout again. And mm -hmm. so when the pandemic came, it was a relief because I had my 10-city <laughs> book tour. You know, I had, you should have oh, seen what man. was planned. I had a book tour planned. Plus we were, I was training to run rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. Plus we were going to go down the Grand Canyon. That was going to be the fun part. So like every day was scheduled so tight. And then I just had to cancel it all. It just crumbled away. And there was a part of me that was so sad. And there was another part of it that was like, la-di-da. Like totally relieved. <laughs> yes. And then I felt guilty about that for a little bit, right? Mm. And then I'm like, it's all right. Of course you feel relief. That was going to be a lot of fun. It was going to be a lot of work. Yeah. Finding that balance, finding, I don't know what balance means, but. But finding, I think, I think it's a, you know, to go back to the book and this idea of the, the, this, the skills and the ideas and the approach of the book, it, I had to keep going back to it during that time and going, okay, what do I need to leave behind? You know, that's the first stage of why I bother. What do you need to leave behind? I had to leave behind my plans and my fantasies for the book. And I had to leave behind my, you know, feeling bad about feeling relieved and you you know i had to find my desire again i had to find my desire and then that helped me find my commitment to the book and i think that's something that we need to constantly focus refocus recheck in mm -hmm. right because i mean it can change every day your desire yeah. can change every day it doesn't have to be the same thing that it was you know six weeks ago or eight months ago or whatever and i think that's one thing that Sometimes women get really stuck in that too. Yes, because our brains like certainty. And that's why the pandemic is so difficult for us because there's no certainty. And that's yeah. why people, one of the reasons why, not the only reason why the U.S. is fracturing. Um, it's also about, you know, obviously um, identity politics. Yeah. But we like certainty. So we take our desire and we put it in a box and we say, this is the box. And then we 
get, and maybe that box is really what we want, but we're not going to be alive for the journey to get the box. <laughs> right. And then we'll get the box and we're like, Oh man, where was I all that time? But even more dangerous is we actually don't want what's in the box. Right. We don't want, and, and, and we did when we started, but we didn't mm. keep checking in and going, Oh wow, actually I, you know, let's just take, you know, writing a book. The, I work with writers. I see their book ideas change. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point you have to go, okay, this is what the book is about. But in the early days, it's often like, well, is it about this? Is it about this? What, where's my real desire? What do I really have to say? What's really fresh for me? That's mm-hmm. what I ask my writers. It's fresh for you. And if it's in a box that you decided, <laughs> then you often, the book will just crumble away. I've had that happen because I didn't keep, I didn't ask enough until mm-hmm. I went, okay, this is it. I can commit to this. I can bring it to fruition. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys thinking out there in heart and hustle land? Are you being inspired? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Love to, love to know what your takeaways are from this conversation. I'm so excited to connect you with Jen um, and her new book, Why Bother? And her other books too. They're still out there. <laughs> they still are out there. They're Most of them there. are in print. A couple aren't. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, We'll put her links here so that you guys can connect with her, check out her retreats when they come back. Yes, hopefully September will happen. And that's not a writing retreat. It's a desire retreat. Oh my God. So good. So good. And then, um, and then are you going to do Taos in October? We hope so. Yeah. No, October is full. So that one's booked. And so hopefully that will happen again, just just depending on the pandemic and, and the fact that we would be inside in Taos in October so much. In September, North Carolina, we can be outside. It's a big property. We can be in the oh. forest. We can be in the, we can dance and do yoga in a pavilion. So we can do things really safely. Huge um, dining rooms and living rooms. It's a, it's a in North Carolina. Uh-huh. It's in North Ooh. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So that will, it will work if we're at like where we are now with the pandemic and it's not terribly worse. Um, but I don't know about Taos. I just don't know. Everybody's planning on it, but good, good. Yeah. Well, any last words of Jen wisdom? <laughs> I, I think the I, I think it's really important to know that when we're in a why bother time, whether it's again big and, and overwhelming and despair filled, or just kind of apathy and in one area of our lives, it's really a normal process, and we we make it so much harder because we freak out and we pathologize it and we think something's broken or wrong with us or we have to make a plan. And really the whole book is a, is a set of tools to help you relax and say, yeah. this is an opportunity. This is a natural process. There's no right way to do this. And all that matters is that I engage with this in-between time, that I listen to it. Mm-hmm. Something more wants to come to you. You get to decide what that more is, but I promise you more is always there. Right on. <laughs> right on. More <laughs> is always there. And more is always there. It's so true. That could be a bumper sticker. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you ought to do that. I'll get right on it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thank you everybody out in, in our heart and hustle land. And thanks for being here with me for yet another episode. Thanks, Jennifer Loudon, to be here with me and excited about her new book. You guys got to check it out. 
and, you know, join her tribe and ask her questions and whatever, you know, and she's got lots of good things for you. Um, the Oasis, a writer's group and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. And if you're on the fence about the book, you can get the first chapter for free at my website. There you go. There you go. But you won't be on the fence. You just No, you'll love it. 234 five-star reviews on Amazon. <laughs> baby. I love it. Um, and until we meet again, my friends, thank you for being here and supporting me through Heart and Hustle. I am your hostess, Paulette Ristini, your movement motivator and passion instigator and desire goddess. Mm -hmm. We're both. We're both. Love it. <laughs> desire goddesses here. <laughs> until we meet again, we'll see you next time.